0: Hello. Hello again. Hi. Welcome to the Magic for Realists podcast. This is the second dose. And I really want to thank all of you who listened to the first one and who are joining me for this journey. I'm really excited to be making these. And I was so thrilled to have many of you uh, respond back to me personally that that meant a lot, especially at the beginning of this. So thank you very much. The Magic for Realists podcast is an auditory adventure where we explore the wonder and magic of the everyday world from a practical and grounded perspective. I value the poetic nature of normal experiences, and I'm making this podcast because I want to honor and elevate and spread that. And I thank you for being a part of that and a part of this beautiful mystery that we call living. I hope that this is interesting and gives you something to chew on and provides a refreshing approach to modern mysticism. It will be some of my real life, some of my thoughts, and hopefully just some reflections that are... I guess, useful to you in this funky world of modern spirituality. As I said last time, you can expect this podcast to itself be a snippet of real life with sounds of paper and this particular dose pairs very well with tea. So if you want to pause it for a moment and go make yourself a cup of tea, that is completely what I would suggest. My name is Lindsay Celeste and I'm super glad you're listening. So once you get your cup of tea, come back and join me because today's dose of magic for realists is called warming up. Now, there's, of course, a double entendre to the title warming up. One, we're still warming up to this podcast. I'm still getting used to speaking these kind of thoughts to a podcast audience, and you're getting used to listening. So we are warming up as a podcast relationship and more practically it is wintertime where I'm living in quite a bit of the, well, the Northern hemisphere. If you live not in the tropics, you're experiencing wintertime. And so I want to share with you some of my favorite ways to warm up my favorite kinds of warmth. And if you are not living somewhere where it's cold, I think this will still have some tidbits of, well, maybe it will just make you really glad you're not, or maybe you'll be glad that you live where it's warm. Maybe you'll feel nostalgia for cold. Um, I'm not sure. But I think because I'm weaving it in with some uh, philosophical thoughts and, you know, just other ways that these practical tips turn into metaphors. I hope it's of value even if you're not in living somewhere cold right now. So I want to start with the phrase warms my heart. As I say that I'm touching my chest kind of making like a rubbing motion around my heart. I think that this is such a beautiful phrase and it really warms my heart that I can picture some of you in particular who are listening to this. And it warms my heart that some people who I haven't met in person get to connect this way. After I made the first podcast, I was surprised that I had, I think, on record, my first feelings of affection towards the internet. <laughs> I've lived using the internet for quite a while, using it much less than most of my peers, since I don't uh, have it at home, and I've I've very rarely lived with internet at home. Um, but I still make use of it lots. And after I sent out the podcast and heard back from some of you, I felt like this affection, like, oh my goodness, this is an amazing phenomena, and I'm so grateful for it. which is, I've mostly treated the internet as kind of like a bit of a necessary, almost like a necessary evil, Um, and I think there's definitely a dark side to the potentials of the internet, but I I allowed myself to feel the um, uplifting and beneficial and amazing connectiveness that's possible. Or connectivity that's possible through the internet. So, this warms my heart. Now, on to, I think I have, t- uh, yes, I have 10 of my favorite kinds of warmth, and I'd like to share them with you. Let's just start off with a little basics about warmth. So, on a molecular level, from the basics that I understand, things are warmer when the particles are moving faster like there's more activity and which is interesting to just sort of turn into a metaphor and think about how warmth is energy warmth is activity in those molecules and so maybe that's why I've, maybe that's why when I was activity for me personally on the internet I felt what I would describe as warmth. My first favorite kind, now these are not in order of hierarchy because I don't know how I'd choose that. So I love these all, all 10 of these. I love body warmth. There's something totally magical about the feeling of warmth from another person's body and just the the aliveness that that indicates, the way that somebody else's warmth is kind of always the right temperature, I guess, except for if they're super sweaty and flushed, but we almost always experience human warmth as, as like a comfort and, you know, when somebody takes their hands between yours when you're cold in the snow and they go like this and like warm them up, um... Or like when your parents would take your hands and then blow on them between their own hands to extra warm them up. And one of the things about body warmth, I remember I grew up uh, learning, I grew up as a Christian and I learned stuff from the Bible. And one of the things that happens in the Bible and that many Christians have continued is this practice of They call it laying on hands and they put like a hand usually on somebody's shoulder or head or back somewhere like chaste and appropriate (laughs) as they're praying for the person. And it's particularly used as a way to like kind of bless or send off the person. And when I was doing a lot of thinking about what I actually believed and whether there was a God and um, what to make of the whole thing. I, I didn't know what I thought about prayer and what I think about it now would be a whole other episode. But I remember, I remember being so sure and saying out loud to my friend at the time that I still believed in the laying on of hands because if, even if there was no God, and even if there's no praying, the, your, your back still gets warm. Like if somebody puts their hand on your back, it still gets warm. Like at that level, who cares if there's a God? <laughs> you still feel better because you are physically experiencing that that flow of energy from one human to the other, which is profoundly um, comforting and and it does make you feel like you're blessed and they support you. It's such a tangible feeling of supported. And... For a lot of us now, we are experiencing less physical contact than usual. And I think that's a real loss, to not hug our friends as often, to not rub up against strangers in a crowded dance floor, and to not feel that body warmth. And so I invite us to think about, well, how we could still do a similar either like what is the non-physical representation of that? If we can warm somebody's back, um, or there, there may be people who would be comfortable with a hand on their back. Um, that's less, maybe that, that, that they're comfortable with that still. And it might be worth asking. There might be people totally comfortable with that, um, in the, in your circles and who would really benefit from just a hand on their shoulder situation by situation. But uh, just, I invite you to consider who in your circles might really feel warm from a hand on their shoulder. Number two is the warmth of a fire or a hearth. Who I would love to live in a house again with a fireplace. I've been blessed to often have a fireplace and have had to develop a relationship with the stove and with every stove is a bit particular. It likes to be like vented and set just so. And I love figuring out a particular stove. And in my little house right now, I don't have a stove. Well, that's not true. I have a stove. I have a perfect little tiny stove which is sitting under the bench or it's stored under the bench where I'm sitting because I haven't figured out how to safely install it in this travel trailer. Um, So I just have electric heat and I long for the day when I can have a wood stove again. So if you live near a wood stove, I invite you to use it and enjoy the magic of the process of lighting it and of gathering around it and please because some of us don't have wood stoves and we would love to please don't complain about it (laughs) this is like a little bit of a pet peeve is about this goes this is one of those threads of chores that I'm talking about you'll hear this come up many times that Uh, lighting a wood stove is not a chore to begrudge it's something it's, it's like a stunning participation in the evolution of humanity that you are participating with fire and you have shelter to keep you warm please, if you have a wood stove sink into it and use it as a meditation on the amazingness of your shelter and your life as a human and The other thing about a wood stove is that you end up in this, this intimate sort of almost breathing relationship with your house because you don't have a constant temperature. If you have regulated uh, like thermostat heating, your house won't, won't breathe as much. Like it won't have a daytime, nighttime, like hot, warm kind of cycle to it. And I think there's something to, uh, there's almost like a way that the house and the human can sync up with the fire the heat, and like it getting cooler overnight and having to get up to stoke it, which hot tip if if you have a wood stove that doesn't hold the heat through the night and so like it it uh, doesn't hold the embers and you don't want the house to cool off too much because it's hard to you are annoyed by lighting a fire in the morning and you haven't got zen enough to embrace that. <laughs> If you want to keep your embers through the night, which means you want to stoke the fire in the middle of the night, you don't want to set an alarm because it's jarring and it will make you feel like morning. The best way to sink your body with the stove is to drink tea before you go to bed because then your bladder will naturally wake you up at the same time as the fire needs stoking and then ta-da, you will be warm in the morning. Number three. I love the warmth of a flush of energy. By this, I mean like that when something is really hitting home or really important or really exciting or really flirtatious, (laughs) my whole body will like get this flush of warmth. I'm not sure if it always goes to my cheeks and makes me blush, but I will actually feel like significantly warmer all over. And that's a it's an amazing and very quick response. And I think that's magic. Number four is bath warmth. Oh, baths, baths and fireplaces. Like those are if you've got that, you've got winter like set pretty much. I, I love baths. And I have ambitions to build A wood heated bathtub outside, which have not materialized. And I must have my priorities wrong because (laughs) that would be so great. (laughs) So I need to check in on that one. But yes, bath. Take time to have a bath. And if you can do something to facilitate somebody else's bath, like if you know somebody in your life who doesn't have a bathtub inviting them over for a bath I speak as one who has benefited from these invitations is hands down one of the nicest things you can do yeah don't assume that everybody has a shower and a bath and if you can invite somebody over to your bath and give them a fresh towel and give them the impression that they have no need to rush that will you will be an angel you will be an angel just a moment, I need to have a sip of tea. Number five. I love sauna warmth. This is also a unfulfilled ambition <laughs> to build a sauna. And I had the great privilege of going to a local sauna, um, like it's a business that is a sauna and you book a private session and I got a gift certificate for it. And so my boyfriend and I went for new year on new year's day and it was so great, mostly exciting. The experience itself was great, but also was the fact that he came away loving saunas more. So now future sauna ambitions are, um, much more likely so if you have yet to discover the wonders of saunaing, uh, saunas are really hot rooms, and traditionally you go in for 15 minutes and then you do a cold dunk or a cold rinse, and that's key. Do the cold rinse, the cold soak for like at least 10 to 30 seconds, and then take a little breather, you can lounge for a little bit, and then do another round of 15 minutes. And, yeah, if you can do, like, four or five rounds, it's stunning. And, like, your whole body feels relieved and detoxified. And, like, talk about grounding experience. You feel like you are one with gravity in the ground. Like, it's so, refre- it's so refreshing. And also, I think there should maybe be, like, driving regulations around driving right after the sauna. Because I think you're in such an altered, like, relaxed state that it may not be safe to drive. So maybe there has to be, like, DDs for saunas. Number six. Tea warmth. Well, hopefully you have your mug of mug or cup or uh, thermos of tea. I am a tea drinker. Not a caffeinated tea drinker. But... I love herbal teas, and a few tips about tea. Herbal teas especially, in my opinion, the great ones get better with longer steeping, so I usually just make mine in a pot, not a kettle, like a pot on the stove, because then it's easy to clean out afterwards with the loose leaf, and I just leave it there like I I have my first cup now but then there's more water in the pot that's still kind of it doesn't have to be boiling to be steeping so it's still doing its thing while I'm talking with you and then I'll have another stronger cup next so tea doesn't need to uh, doesn't need to be a one time event and of course a good jar of honey on hand is an excellent addition when I have honey is like quite literally liquid gold and when I have honey on hand I feel rich so a little bit of honey in my tea and a mug that you like and I have a few different favorite mugs right now they have to feel good in your hand some people like handles some people don't But make sure you're friends with your mug, like, yeah, it has to just feel like part of, not quite part of you, feel like it suits you and it suits your hand and your mouth and the temperature you like it kept. The one I'm using now is ceramic. You can hear my ring against it. And, uh, it has a ceramic, like sort of lid that goes on top with a little silicone seal which is excellent because I rarely drink my tea fast enough. And then it gets cold by the time I get to the bottom, which is if you, if you have really good tea, it will still be fine cold, but (laughs) not as warm. So this one keeps it warm while I'm talking with you. It has a little kind of lip to drink out of. So finding the right mug for your tea is key. Another tip along with tea is if you have a favorite mug, then don't be afraid to take it with you places. If you are going to work, or if you are going on a little trip, or if you're going over to your friend's house who has no mugs, um, you can bring your mug with you. And it doesn't have to be a super lightweight travel mug. Sometimes carrying something heavier just to be extra comfortable is worth it. Along those lines, number seven is slipper warmth. And I am so much happier when my feet are warm. Getting a good pair of slippers is, in my opinion, essential to comfortable life in Winterland. Unless you are extremely lucky and have heated floors. And I have yet to live in a house with heated floors. So I rule with the slippers. And this year I got a fantastic pair of, I'm going to see if I can pronounce this right, Glorups. They are like felted wool with leather soles and they're beautiful and really cozy. So I, you can see a picture of them because it is the uh, front of this, they're, the, they're what's featured on Instagram for this episode. Number, oh, so yeah, another thing about slippers, because I am so much happier with warm feet, I've learned to take my slippers places. It's really common that when I go to somebody else's house, I would get cold feet because I take off my shoes politely and then be walking around in socks and I get cold and then I get grumpy and then I want to go home before it's reasonable, (laughs) like before I've enjoyed my whole time there. And my mom used to go around with slippers, like she used to take her slippers to other people's houses. And I thought this was so kind of old ladyish. But I'm telling you, it's brilliant. I don't care what gender or age you are, bringing your slippers along is a great idea. <laughs> I just want to give you permission to bring your slippers. You could make a little nice carry slipper bag, or you could just put them in your purse, or you can just... Heck, carry them by themselves if you need to. But bring your slippers along. You will be that much more comfortable. Again, if you happen to be going on a trip, not that those are happening much these days, but if you are, if you're going anywhere other than your house, where you're going to be taking off your shoes, bring your slippers. You'll be way warmer. And throughout these, the point of being warm is to be at ease, to be comfortable, to be relaxed. I notice when I go to tropical places and it's warm, I feel this extra level of existential relief. Like there's so much energy spent staying warm for many months in Canada and pretty much all evenings that, yeah, when it's, when it's hot, there's just a lot of You have to spend some energy staying cool, I guess. (laughs) But we spend a lot of energy staying warm. And the point of being warm is to feel existentially at ease. So, I mean, if it's something as simple as bringing your slippers along to create the magic of feeling relaxed, like, that's brilliant, right? And we can get over any kind of notions of pride and age categories around who brings slippers places or even who wears slippers, and just have them nearby. Number eight is bed warmth. Oh, bed warmth. There is something quite difficult about crawling into a cold bed. You have to like squirm around extra to warm it up. So I'd like to give you a few tips on how to avoid a cold bed. You could, of course, have central heating and crank up the heat in your bedroom, but we're going to pretend you are in another scenario, that either maybe you're camping or you live with a wood stove or your bedroom's cold because your honey left the, do- the window open or whatever. To avoid a cold bed, you can, one, just pull back the covers like the... You you might have heard about this in, in older books. So sort of like turning down the bed. If you pull the covers back a little bit before you go to bed, then if, and like, say, leave the door open to the wood stove room, then the bed will warm up because the insulation of the cover will have actually kept the bed from warming up. It might have kept it, say, like the temperature of the floor coming up or the window. So opening up the bed before you crawl into it will warm it up. You can also put something warm in the bed, like an electric blanket, or if you have a wood stove, warm up like a stone or (laughs) The, the craziest one I've used. I used to live near a railroad track and there was extra railroad ties, like these big, huge metal kind of like S shapes that were used to tie down the uh, tracks. And there was extras of those always on the side of the tracks from construction that had just never got cleaned up. So I took some of these railway ties. They're about almost like the size of my hand. And I would put them on the wood stove (laughs) and the, you have to be careful with rocks because if they get too hot, they can crack. But these metal railroad ties never cracked. (laughs) So I would heat those up and then I'd put them in a sock and put the socks in the you want a wool sock not some polyester thing that's going to melt and then put those in the the bottom of my bed so my feet would have something warm to go against you can also use if you have like a nalgene water bottle those are big round at least in canada they're available water bottles and they are great because they can hold boiling water not any plastic water bottle can so be sure you have a sturdy one and I know for sure Nalgene's can handle it you pour boiling water in that seal it up it stays hot an incredibly long time not quite all the way through to the morning but at least until your pee break in the middle of the night so one of those at the bottom of the bed will create that magic feeling of warmth for your toes the other way to get bed warmth is to have a bed buddy and ask them to go to bed slightly before you (laughs) And they can warm up the bed and then you can crawl in beside them. And of course, you could be the bed buddy for somebody else and offer to warm up the bed. Like, what better gift is that than to say, hey, I'll go warm up the bed. It's like people think of warming up their car to for the sake of the car's engine when it's cold. Why not warm up ourselves and like warm up the bed? It's it's just what a gift please give somebody the gift of warming up the bed for them, either with the aforementioned techniques or with your lovely body warmth. Number nine is wool warmth. Oh, I, I love sheep wool and I'm so grateful that there are sheep and I love wearing wool. I love merino sweaters. I love wool slippers. As I mentioned, I love sheepskin. I love, I love wool. And I guess this is just a little bit of a thank you to the sheep who have kept me warm for so long. So (laughs) thank you, sheep. And number 10 is sun warmth. Oh, sun warmth is what we don't have very much of in the wintertime in the Northern Hemisphere. Well, wintertime in any hemisphere, but right now it's wintertime in the Northern Hemisphere. And so if it's sunny, we need to get outside for a little while to feel it. And then there's a... The ways that... Many of the ways I've described to get warm are actually like uh, sunlight cashed in later. So for example, firewood, because of the photosynthesis of the trees that grew because of the sunlight, when you're burning the wood, it's like you're releasing the energy that the sun put into the tree in the first place. Right? Like, isn't that amazing? So just to be kind of clear and state the often forgotten, obvious, All of these warmths originally came from the sun, from the energy of the universe. And, you know, that's why our bodies are warm, because we're metabolizing food that the sun helped to grow. Fire is warm because it's trees that grew because of the sun. The flush of energy is, again, the I'm only alive because of the sun, bath warmth, However your water was heated, if you trace it back far enough, it was related to the sun. Like the earth is revolving around the sun. So any energy that's coming from inside the earth, from gravity, from like the whole relationship is connected to the sun. Sauna warmth, again, however that's being heated. Sun. Tea came from sun. Slippers. Sheep. Sheep were in the sun. Bed warmth. People. Hot water. All of this. Sun. Wool warmth. Sheep. We already said sheep. Oh, maybe this episode is about sheep. <laughs> and the sun. And I've often thought that the sun is is one of the things that makes the most sense to worship. That we think we've kind of advanced so far by, you know, maybe not not having a sun god. But we still do. The sun is still very realistically from whence comes all of life. Or that it's all reliant and connected to the sun. It's also connected to a lot of other things. It's not like it's just the sun. If we just shine sun on something, we don't get the way the world is. But if we take away the sun, we get nothing. So i invite you to follow the sort of threads of sunlight so that even when you are not seeing or feeling it directly in the winter time you can kind of imagine or no you can sense the connection that the warmth you are cultivating and experiencing is still tied to that i think it we can we can spend quite a bit of thought and and angst at least I have in the past about the lack of sunlight in the winter time but it helps me to still notice the presence of the sun yes whenever it does come out from behind the clouds but also how it has left its energy in the past that I'm benefiting from and is still there accompanying me There are lots of other ways to be warm, but I hope that these 10 of my favorites helped you to have some new ideas of how to be warm. And moreover, that you start exploring how these physical ways to be warm might change your sense of ease and warmth towards yourself and other people. I think this word is a a great touchstone to return to of something to cultivate warmth. It's what we all want and need. And so I hope that that has warmed your heart and also given you some ideas. I'm really glad you listened again. And I would love to know who you are and what your reflections or magical experiences happen that ripple out from these thoughts. Again, please go ahead and share this with any realists that you feel could use a little magic. And for to give strangers a higher chance of finding it if they could use it, I would really appreciate if you would rate and review and subscribe to it. That makes the algorithm more likely for other people to find it. <laughs> and algorithms are the kind of the real thing that uh, the internet works with there's also a link in the show notes so you can leave a voice note and say hi i love listening to your voices and please let me know if you're sharing any reflections on there if you'd like them to remain private or if i can use them in future shows so until next time may you experience the warmth of magic of mundane magic in your day-to-day life and explore ways to be warmer in the real world.